You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. So all things are working together for your good, that you might be conformed. The Bible says God is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count its slackness, but not willing that any should perish. All right, but come into repentance, which means there's some change and conformity. When that is arrived at, he says, then there'll be manifestations. All right? It's like you saying you want to take up a position in a company or an organization, a multinational to lead it. And they call you for the interview. You are immature. You are all of that. There's no way they're going to hand over the stuff to you. All right? There's immaturity. You are all this. You know, you overreact. and all that. There's no way they're going to do it. Because it takes some level of maturity, and this is what Christians need to get to enter, or else if you get that thing by using an underhanded method, it ends in sorrow. So when we say that all things are working together for our good, so make us more and more like Jesus Christ first. We will not be upset, neither will we faint. God says you will reap if you faint not. In other words, things can come that can make you want to faint. We will not be upset nor faint when some of those things are hard and they are difficult to understand. But right there, we lift up our hands to God that you will not allow me to be tempted beyond that which I can handle and we will worship him and allow, praise him and worship that regardless of what happens on the outside, this thing I have seen in my heart shall be established on this earth, that I will not be discouraged, as it says in Isaiah, neither will I faint until I have established and brought judgment forth into this earth. So difficult to understand and oftentimes contains the element of death. I'll explain what that means. For Paul said, I die daily. We that believe are always being delivered unto death. We are experiencing has that element of death. It is not retrogression. It is not the unfaithfulness of God. It is conforming to the image of Jesus. When we understand this, we will be able to rest in our Lord Jesus Christ and say to the Father, Thy will be done, O Lord, as I move towards the fulfillment of this vision that you have placed before me. It is one thing to know God's purpose. It is another thing to know about how to enter into God's purpose. It's one thing Jesus said, except you are born again, you can't see the kingdom. But except you are born by the water and the spirit, you cannot enter. Many have seen things, but don't know how to enter into it. It is one thing to know God's purpose, but it's another thing entirely to know how to enter into it right here and now. And one of God's most effective means, now hear this here, most effective means in this process is failure in inverted commas and disappointment. For this is where the transition from the natural into the spiritual occurs. Isaiah 40 and verse 29 tells us. It says this way, He giveth power to the faint. 
which means when you get something happens and you faint, you're disappointed, he giveth power only to those people. And to them that have no might and have come to their wit's end, he will increase their strength. Next verse. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall or fail. But they that wait upon the Lord. So you get to that point, and God says, listen, come and wait on me. All right? This is a tool that God uses. Now, so many of us Christians are frantic about a failure in our lives. We go at length to cover it and to hide it, to rationalize and to ignore it. All the time, we are resisting the main instrument in the hands of the Father in conforming us to the image of Jesus. For Paul said, we that live are always delivered unto death, that the life of Jesus, put up that scripture, may be made, 2 Corinthians 4, may be made manifest in our mortal flesh. We that live are always experiencing this. We that are on the journey to this place are always delivered unto death for Jesus, that the life also of Jesus be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Next verse. It says, so then death worketh in us. What's it talking about? We're experiencing these things. All right? People let us down. Uh, things happen on the outside. Uh, we had projections. It didn't work out the way we thought. Uh, we prayed about things. It didn't shape out that way. But at that point, that's the moment of transition. Where God takes you from the natural and puts you up into the supernatural if you wait on him in those moments. All the time, people are resisting the main instrument in the Father's hand, conforming them to the image of Jesus. He wants to show us how to now enter into it. For we have tried to enter into it, and that's why we failed. So it's failure concerning our what they call self-life or the outward man, his ideas, his brilliance. That's why we get disappointed, the outward man. The Bible says that it's only the word of God that endures forever. That all flesh is as grass. And the goodness thereof as the flower of the field. So even the goodness of that flesh there will fade away when the sun comes. God wants to show us how to get into that thing. All right, you tried, you thought you should do this, thought you should do that. Now, if you, look, if you listen to the testimony of the lady in my phone here, it was somebody came up to her and suggested it. All right? And then this, you would see that the earth was bringing it forth. It wasn't by her own sheer aggression and trying to manipulate the environment. And that's why we fail. Because we think we are more intelligent than, all right, the logos that created the system that we are all beneficiaries of. He placed you right here with several people because he knows you need these folks. You can't do it by your own self. Okay, there's a system that is at work. We are all beneficiaries of the wisdom of other people as others. And there's a system that is at work here on the earth. And so what's the way God wants us to do it? 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says that with an open face, 
beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image. Now, let me read what a great evangelical, English evangelical said, Norman Duty. He said, if I am to be like him and be fruitful in the work that I do, then God in his grace must do it. And the sooner I come to recognize this, the sooner I will be delivered from another form of bondage. I must recognize, he said, that if I am going to be fruitful in the work that I do, then God by his grace must do it in and through me. The sooner I come to recognize that, that is not me, but God in me, I will be delivered from another form of bondage. Then he said, throw down every endeavor and say, I cannot do it. This vision is not in me to make it happen. The more I try to do it, or the more I try, all right, the more I try, the farther I get from his likeness. What then shall I do, he said. Ah, the Holy Spirit says, you cannot do it, just withdraw and come out of it. You have been in the arena. You have been endeavoring. You have now experienced failure. Come out and sit down. And as you sit there, all he asks is behold him. Look at him. Don't try to be like him. Just look at him. All he asks for is a steadfast gaze, not to heal yourself. He told, all right, Moses, you should lift up a serpent in the wilderness. Tell the people that are getting beaten that they shall fix their eyes on that serpent. And as long as they're beholding that serpent, they shall make a fiery serpent set upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is beaten, when he looketh, that's all he asked. He did not say, go and try to get yourself healed. He said, when he looketh upon it, shall leave. So here he says, sit there and behold him. Look at him. Don't try to be like him. Just be occupied with him. Forget about trying to do it. Instead of letting producing the results fill your mind, let him fill the mind. In other words, go into his word. For one reason, to fellowship. Pray unto him. Open my eyes that I may behold the wondrous things. You see, if your eyes are not opened and you read the scriptures, you won't see what God wants you to see. And you'll be beholding what he wants you to behold. That will trigger. That's why it tells us that in Romans 8 that we quoted there and, and, verse, and verse 28, all things work together for good for them that love God who are called according to his purpose. Those that love God, what does he do? 1 Corinthians and chapter 2 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9. All right. It says, but as it is written, I have not seen, air has not heard, 
Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed those things unto us by his spirit. So the point I'm saying is when you get to that point and you faint and all of that and you are disappointed, uh, God is trying to get you into something. That you have done it your own way, come and do it my way. Come and wait on me. Come to me there, that's what you've got to do. Let the lame foot be healed rather than being turned out of the way. Get out of that struggle. Come and pray, as David said, open my eyes in the book of Psalms, that I may behold the wondrous things out of thy law, that what no man's eyes have seen, ears heard, show me. Open thou my eyes, that I may behold wondrous things. Those are wondrous works out of the law. Let me see the wonders that are embedded. And now you spend your time and now declaring it, thanking God for the fulfillment of it, praying that God should open your eyes, and then you sit down with the word of God and you behold those wondrous things out of God's word. Now there is also the time factor. All right, this time factor, as you sit down, you are beholding, which will bring you to a place of rest. You know it's coming to pass, and you sit down and you're beholding these things. And feeding on God's word. And the Holy Spirit begins to do a work on the inside of you. A student once asked the president of his school whether he could take a shorter course than the one prescribed. Oh yes, replied the president. But then it depends on what you want to be. When God wants to make an oak, it takes a hundred years. When he wants to make a squash, it takes six months. In other words, you sit down and you settle down this thing. I'm confessing this thing. One day I will be holding it in my hand. So the dream is big. You are reaching for that big picture, the real deal. We said last week, you are efficient in the things that you are doing with your hands. And where you are. But you are beholding it. This is how the spirit begins to transform. This is how the stuff begins to happen. Now, let me just close, all right, because people are going to have a Thanksgiving service. And just say one more thing that I believe this is so important, especially for faith people. Very important. All right? Now, many times, Christians, you are so active, and I don't like it. All right, a lot of times in this church, when we start, people say you're not doing anything because it's Christian maturity, not Christian activity. And we've got to rein back some of the activities that we are doing now. Because you have to get people into Christian maturity and not activity. That the only things we do, as Paul said, you are filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, such that you work worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Being fruitful in every good work. This is a work that springs from a place of revelation, encounters you had in the word of God as you beheld the wondrous things inspired from that place. Not guesswork. That you do and they are eternal in nature. That's what he said in Psalm chapter 2. So a mature person will resist activity for depth. Let me repeat that. We'll resist activity for depth. 
And then when the actions begin to come out, as Jesus said, launch out into the deep. And if you launch out into the deep and repeat what you did when you were on the shallow place and failed, now you get a great haul of fish. So you launch out into the deep. As the Spirit of God reveals the deep things of God, and you sit down and know this is your job, to behold the wondrous things out of the Word of God. Now let me close with this. It tells us that you shall reap in Galatians, where we started, 6 and verse 9, all right, you shall reap, all right, for in due season you shall reap if we faint not. Now, I want to talk about this fainting part and what happens when people, all right, which means they experience disappointment and all of this and they get funny. It does happen and, and, you know, I mean, it happens to everybody. And, you know, and, and you just drop the entire thing. Now, Jesus said men always ought to pray and not to faint. Uh, fainting, when people faint, is a place where exchange happens. Either they exchange to the supernatural or the enemy is coming at that particular point because it's a vulnerable moment to take something away from you. Where you just experienced a disappointment. Where something has just happened in the way that you didn't think it should happen. That is, you're at a very low ebb. That is the place where there should be a supernatural upgrade. Genesis 25, 29, and 31. The Bible talks about Esau. And Jacob sought pottage, and Esau came out of the field and was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage you are eating, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. Jacob understood that timing and wanted an exchange. And Satan knows it, and that's where, when you are tired, he wants that exchange. You make a decision, and he says, sell me your birthright. That word birthright doesn't mean you are no longer the son of Isaac, but it is the right of the firstborn or your inheritance. That's where the switch he wants. But God says that he giveth power, Isaiah 40 and 29, to the faith. In other words, when you get to that point, giveth power to the faint. And them that have no might, increase it. So you should look to God at that point. Now, let me tell you where the problem is for us. Particularly, all right, word of faith people. In order to get results there, you must be consistent to the end. And you will go through things. The secret to this, Consistency, that's the secret God wants to teach us. The secret to living this consistent life is himself. In other words, it cannot be done. You can't do it by your strength. That's all he's trying to teach. He's trying to get us to shift. When he told Peter, this is the lesson. He said, watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. Peter said, what are you talking about? Jesus, I will do it. He denied him. Jesus said, when you are converted, 
strengthen the brethren. In other words, your thoughts in your own strength, you could do it. This is the conversion he wants in this journey. You come to the point you realize man does not live by bread alone, but by every word. You see the role the word of God plays in the life. This is not just, not just the Bible we are reading, all right, Sunday school. No, you, it's you, you feed on it. The way you prepare food and you sit down to eat, you feed on the word of God. The second thing he wants us to know is that he is the key to everything. You understand the place of prayer. Not, all right, not just prayer here, but looking to God as your source. There is a shift in your soul from yourself to God and that your sufficiency is of God. And let me show you how this thing works. Said this once, a pastor there was praying and, 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 and he got to a point and, you know, he was, he was praying, well, and he said, look, I'm praying here. I'm asking that, Lord, keep me diligent in my reading of the scriptures. Keep me diligent in my prayer life. Now, you think that, well, but that's what I do so that God will be pleased. So you bless me. But it's the only God that can make you do that. Keep me diligent. You are pray- if you don't have that prayer, you will not be diligent in spiritual. You'll start out, but from time, everything dies out. Now, this is the secret a lot of us faith teachers miss. We confess God's word, but don't know we have to ask God in total dependence on him. Let me explain. Particularly people that understand who am the righteousness of God in Christ, uh, the finished work of Jesus, let me explain. Paul was the one that wrote Romans chapter 5 and verse 5 to Christians and said the love of Jesus is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that is given. Hope naketh us not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that is given unto us. So it's Paul that said the love of Jesus is shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Spirit. But the same Paul in Philippians 1 and 9, same Paul said, I pray, this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment that you may approve things that are excellent and be sincere without offense. If you don't offer that prayer that God caused this love to abound in my heart yet more and more and I'm just confessing and you are not praying that prayer depending on God to cause that love to, you will get offended at things. You will not approve things that are excellent. Paul prayed it. He confessed it, but he prayed it. Again, it's the same Paul in Philippians 4.13 that said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But it's the same Paul that prayed in Ephesians 3.16 that you will be strengthened, that God will grant unto you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might in your inner man, that Christ may dwell, to be strengthened with might. By his spirit to your inner man. You've got to pray for strength. That's that thing. Instead of fainting, you ask God for strength for that particular journey. We needed to know Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. God who is the one who is at work in us. Both for us to will and to do. It is him that causes us to desire, to want it. And you have to ask him also for the execution of that thing in your soul. That's why Paul prayed in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 4. He prayed this prayer here. And we have confidence in the Lord touching you 
all right, that you both do and will do the things that we command you. Why? Because they were praying. Not because that they trusted in the decision-making or the willpower of the people, but they were praying for them. When they taught them, they prayed for the people that God, you will cause them to will to do these things and you will also carry these things out in their lives. So we have to learn dependence on God, right? Stop, stop trying to use just your own faith without connecting with God. Your confessions become potent when you pray the grace for the fulfillment of those things you are declaring. Ask the Father. An, elder, an older preacher, well, not well, older, but it wasn't about age. But my experience when I, when I, when many years ago, this was in the 90s, told me. I went to preach for him and I was the first time I was going to preach after uh, school. And I sat on his pulpit and he said to me, he said, many things we are trying to do, if we will only ask God for those things, they are not difficult. But we are trying to do them instead of asking God for those things or asking God to do them. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice. I ask, Lord, that you will grant unto them grace. Strengthen them with might by your spirit in their inner man. That they will work through that process, go through that journey, and arrive at the table you have set before them in the presence of their enemy that will cause their heads to be anointed with oil and their cup will run over. You, that which your hand started, I declare that your hand also shall finish it. And that mountain that stands before you today, I speak to it. It is, it has become a plain. By the grace of God, with the voice of thanksgiving from your lips, that which you are going through today, hold on, hang in there. Rejoice and give God thanks. And I declare, the outcome of it over in your life shall be one of total liberty, shall be one of entering into a broad place. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.